Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School. Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover. So what are you waiting for? Join Join us us in in Plant plant School. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Plant School. This is episode 44. Today we're going to be talking about how to take care of umbrella trees. So we uh, just shared this plant on our last podcast as one of the hardest plants to kill. Um, And so let's dive right in. So does it have any other names? Besides umbrella tree? Besides umbrella tree. Yeah, well, so its scientific name is Schifflera arboricola. There we go. Um, And we'll kind of be talking about, there's like two main types of Schiffleras. Um, So it's often called a Schifflera for obvious reasons. It's called a chef plant, a dwarf umbrella tree, or simply umbrella tree, Australian umbrella tree, octopus tree, the list could go on, I'm sure, but those are like the main ones that people call it. I'd okay. always call it a chef plant, which I was very confused working at a greenhouse why they were called chef plants until someone explained it to me. But So yeah. why are we calling it an umbrella tree here? Uh, I feel like it, it kind of looks like an umbrella the way the leaves are. They're palmate leaves. They, I think there's like seven individual little leaflets coming out of a one central point, kind of like the fingers on your hand. And so I feel like it kind of looks like an umbrella. And that is why it's called an umbrella tree or it's nicknamed the umbrella tree. Very, very simple. (laughs) Yeah, That makes sense. Okay. (laughs) Um, What's the history behind the umbrella tree? Yeah, so it originates from Taiwan and South China. It is a flowering plant in the Araliaceae family, which is the ginseng family. And though I said it's a flowering plant, it rarely will flower indoors. It needs a lot of um, sunlight to be able to do that. And often indoors, it does not get the full amount of sunlight that it would need to do so. So it grows very large outside. Sometimes 
it can even grow as an epiphyte. And an epiphyte just means that an epiphyte is a plant that grows on another plant. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be parasitic and taking advantage of that plant, but it's just growing on top of it. Sometimes it can be parasitic like, uh, oh, what's the what's the plant that you kiss under? Uh, mistletoe. No, mistletoe. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I couldn't remember that, but mistletoe is an epiphyte that grows on other trees, but that one's actually parasitic. Mistletoe is a parasite, which is kind of sad that we're kissing under a parasite, <laughs> but whatever. So anyways, umbrella trees, they can be epiphytes. And the genus Schifflera, it was named in honor of Johan, or maybe it's Johan. What was it? He's Polish. Johan. Johan. Okay. Johan Peter Ernst von Schleffer. What a name. What Schepler. a name. Scheffler. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Not Schleffer. <laughs> um, he was born in 1739. He was a physician and a botanist of Gdansk, which is in Warsaw. Or it's in Poland. He was later in Warsaw. And also, I'm not Polish, so I don't even know if I said Gdansk right. But <laughs> this it is sounds like, cool. <laughs> this is like, he was probably like George Washington age then. What year was he born? 1739. I'm just trying to picture him. What was life like back when he was? Oh, that's a good around. question. So I, like, I'm i not what, sure when George Washington was born. What kind um, of American are you? I know. I know. I don't know either. So George Washington was born in 1732. No way. They could have been buds. They were only seven years apart. When yeah, but in other in age, other continents, other yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. So the umbrella tree or the chef plant it has a fossil record. Uh, some fruits were found when they were boring holes into the. Here we go. More Polish words. The Noe Sachs basin, and. Yeah, they found some fruits in there, some fossilized fruits of this plant. Its evolutionary history is really complicated. Lots of things tying it to different trees, so we're not going to get into that. But it can still, you know, be grown outdoors, of course, especially in zones 10 through 12. So definitely not here where we live in Utah. Way too cold. But it is like a common landscape plant in Hawaii. So think of that sort of climate. And it can also be formed into a bonsai. You can really manipulate its growth habits and create a umbrella tree bonsai, which is really cool. A lot of the ginseng family you can create bonsais out of. And the two most common types of Schifflera houseplants around today are the Schifflera actinophylla and the Schifflera arboricola. And so... The first one, the actinophylla, it has larger oval leaves. Uh, they're, they're bigger and they come from the main stem. They can get up to 50 feet tall in the wild. But indoors, their maximum height is usually around 15 feet, which is still big. Yeah. That would not fit in our home, I don't think. Um, maybe fit in like a mall. That's kind of what I'm thinking of where it would do really well if it had 
you know, some good lighting. And then the Schaeffler Arboricola is the dwarf umbrella tree. So it's a smaller version. The, the leaves are smaller. They grow in that palmate cluster that I was talking about earlier. And it's usually, most often, a variegated plant. And it can get as high as 25 feet in the wild, um, but usually about six feet indoors at its maximum height. Okay. So what does the umbrella tree symbolically mean? Well, it's very fitting for its name, but it symbolically means protective covering. Oh. Like an umbrella. Wow, that's just... I never would have thought. So if you ever want to send someone the message that you want to protectively cover them, give them (laughs) an umbrella tree. Not just protect them, but protectively cover. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to dive into the different aspects of taking care of an umbrella tree. So let's start with where would you place this in your home to have good lighting? Yeah. So like most all houseplants, it prefers bright indirect sunlight. Uh, If it starts leaning towards a window that's nearby, or some source of light. It's usually trying to get closer to the light source and needs more sun. So you can regularly rotate your plant to keep this from happening, or you can just put it closer to the light source. If it gets really leggy, um, that just means, how how do you describe leggy? There's lots of space between the leaves. It looks stringy. Not very leafy. Yeah, exactly, thank you. Um, or if it gets floppy, that's another sign that it could need more sunshine. Too much sun, like direct sunlight, especially in the midday, can burn the leaves of your Schifflera, and that's just brown, crispy leaf edges or entire leaves getting brown and crispy. It can also be affected if it is by a heat source. It can cause the plant to just start dropping leaves. So if you've noticed that, maybe check to see if there's a heat source nearby that could be causing that to happen. Okay. So what are the watering needs of an umbrella plant? Plant tree? Umbrella tree? Yeah, either one. Either one's fine. Uh, Water when the soil is dry and give it a really thorough watering. A lot of people like to not like let the soil become bone, bone dry, like the plant's going to die, but let it thoroughly dry out and then they will really soak it through. Apparently the umbrella tree does really well if you go about watering that way. It can handle a bit of underwatering, but on the flip side, it cannot handle being overwatered. So if it is constantly wet, it will most likely die from root rot. It's very sensitive to that. So dropping leaves can be a sign of both over or under watering. So just keep your eye out on that. Doesn't necessarily mean um, that it's over watering and not under watering. It could be both. And then yellowing leaves that just fall off could, it's usually a sign of just over watering. That root rot might have been taking hold and the leaves will start to turn yellow and fall off. Ironic, isn't it? That it could protect others from overwater, but not <laughs> itself. That is ironic. Sorry to get a 
Emperor Palpatine quote. Oh, is that <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> Darn it. I should know this by now. Dying. We've been um, married five years. I should know Star Wars quotes. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's pretty ironic that. That is. That the umbrella tree can't handle too much water. <laughs> weak umbrella. All right. So what type of soil does the uh, Schaflera prefer? <laughs> It prefers any soil that is well-draining. Uh, if I would just use a standard potting mix. That, or you could use a succulent soil mix, just because that one's very well-draining. Like I said, these plants just don't love being overwatered. So anything that is going to let the water through is going to work, is going to work well. All right. Can it be propagated? Yes, it can. So I tried this once and it failed. And Sam, you, you probably remember this, how we had like two little pots of chifleras mm. that sat there for like years and did nothing. Okay, one year, over a year and did nothing. I don't remember. Okay. They sat right in front of you while you worked. Oh. But that's okay. I know. Shows you how focused I was on the <laughs> yeah. job. Such a hard worker. Um, but yeah, the reason why nothing happened is I just took like a single um, leaf. So when I say leaf, I mean the whole palmate structure. So it really had little seven leaflets. But I just took that whole thing and I stuck it into soil with rooting powder. It didn't have a bud or a place for new shoots to start growing. So literally... They both sat there for a year, grew tons of roots, and nothing else grew. Just roots. That was it. And it was such a bummer. So if you actually want to propagate it and have success, you can use seeds. You can use cuttings. And I'll tell you how to actually use cuttings. Or you can air layer. So um, air layering, before I dive into cuttings, that's simply where you kind of cut into the tissue of the stem and you create a divide in the tissue. So you you like take off a little, it almost looks like a ring of tissue. So you don't cut all the way through, just an outside ring of tissue, and you put soil or moss around it and kind of saran wrap it in a ball around where you've cut. And eventually from that cut, roots will start to grow. And once you can kind of see those roots growing in that that, uh, ball of soil or moss, you can go ahead and cut below the hole, the whole thing, the ball of soil, and you have a new plant that you can place into a pot of soil. And that's air layering. You will be watering the little ball of moss or soil throughout time. You can't just leave it dry, of course. But I've done it before. It's super fun to do. And then for cuttings, which is probably the more simple way, you just have to cut low enough that you have, you know, many leaves included. It's like cutting like a small tree piece off of your chiflera, six inches or more, right? And you're going to remove all but maybe the top four or five leaf clusters at the top. You can use rooting hormone. That can really help your rate of success in propagating it. And then you just simply put it in soil, place it in indirect sunlight, make sure that, you know, it's getting proper water. And when 
a few months have passed, you can check for roots by kind of tugging at the base of the stem. If it's not giving and it's staying stuck in there, that usually means that there are roots being established and so it's not going to come out easy. If there are no roots, it usually will pop out fairly easy and you're you're going to have to throw it away and start over again if no roots have formed after a couple months. But yeah, that is how you go about it. Don't do what I did. It was very disappointing. <laughs> All right. So how would you go about fertilizing? Yeah. So fertilize when your plant is actively growing. And usually this is in spring and summer when there's a lot more sunshine. It doesn't need a whole lot. I would say maybe two to three times a year with a 10-10-10 fertilizer. And some people you do more, but I think the Schaeffler is a pretty low-key plant that two to three times a year is plenty for it. Okay. What kind of pests are umbrella trees prone to? So they can struggle a lot with scale. I feel like that's the most common one. And you can find these by the plant getting kind of sticky, get sticky leaves. They will eventually turn black and look, they kind of look sooty. So the actual scale, they're brown little bumps and you can usually see them just fine. They like to hide in crevices, cracks, underside of leaves. You can rub them off by like rub, just rubbing them off with a washcloth basically and you can wipe away that sticky sooty mold that's growing. Then treat your plant with neem oil to or another insecticide if you like to keep them from coming back. Other pests that can occur not as often are spider mites or mealybugs that can you can treat those by also using neem oil by spraying off your plant with water that can kind of remove the mealybug and spider mites. Spider mites reproduce very, very quickly. So I recommend if you are struggling with spider mites to rotate your insecticides because what happens if you're like using neem oil, the surviving pests will have babies and those surviving babies um, the spider mites, they will be immune to your neem oil, more immune. So they, they're very good at like adapting to whatever you're using. So if you rotate your insecticides, you'll usually be able to get them gone. They're, they're tricky little guys, those spider mites. Those little guys. So what kind of maintenance does it need? Yeah, so they do need pruning every now and then. You can you can quite literally cut off the top to keep it at a desired height. If it's, you know, if it's 15 feet tall, <laughs> you need to cut it. That's totally fine. This plant can handle it. Pruning it actually can really help it stay bushy and lush. Also, just regularly wiping the leaves clean with a damp cloth to keep it free from dust because it does collect quite a bit of dust. And also, that will help you catch anything like scale mealybug or spider mites before it's a problem okay last question this is more for safety precautions are they poisonous yes they are so what what plant did we just cover it had the same problem as the last plant we just covered we did well we the last care guide yeah the last care guide oh it was a i don't, i can't remember Fern. Oh, ferns. Maybe. Yeah. 
was it a fern? I think so. Anyway, so basically it has a lot of, they're called calcium oxalates. And it's the same chemical that kind of makes up, oh, what are they called? Kidney stones? What are the ones that you have to pee out? Yeah, kidney stones. Those kidney stones? Okay. Yeah, so it's that same kind of material. It's not very nice to your kidneys. So if you ingest it, it can cause burning, swelling, difficulty swallowing or breathing. For your animals or for yourself, I do not recommend ever trying to eat an umbrella tree. And people have also reported that uh, the sap of the umbrella tree can cause irritation on your skin. So a lot of people will wear gloves while they prune their umbrella tree. I haven't ever noticed, but I have not been pruning umbrella trees lately. So rather be safe than sorry and probably wear gloves when you are pruning this plant. Okay. Well, Rachel, thanks for teaching us about umbrella trees. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Plant School. We think we're pretty close to being a year old. Yeah. I think we started last August in 2020. Yeah. And once we get to episode 50, I think we're going to start a new season, change some things, make this podcast better because we've learned and maybe take a tiny break. Grown a lot. Yeah. Take a little break. But got a few more episodes before that. So yeah. stay tuned for next week. See ya. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tinny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.